Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Check, check. All right, there we go. Got to give a shout-out to my brother before he stops listening on Radio.com in Maryland uh, at 11 o'clock last night. 11.56, he had his son. So congratulations to my brother and his wife, Stacy. Would you rather be, you know, October 2nd or October 3rd? He was four minutes away from October 3rd. It's a good question. It's it's easily October 3rd or October 2nd because today's October 3rd. Today's Mean Girls Day. So you don't want to be born on Mean Girls Day. That was the reference in the movie Mean Girls. It's October 3rd. Six pounds, eight ounces, 20 inches long, I believe, is what my mother wrote me. Oh, congratulations, mm. Zinc. Z- I was six pounds. Wait, eight what's his name? Zane. Zane. That's it. I thought it was Zane. Man, I think I'm more yeah. interested in your mother's reaction. She must be over the moon. Yeah. So I this think the water broke at 2:30 a.m. Delivery 11:56 p.m. Is that off? Weird. Uh, that's it's high. That's like a lot of time, right? That's yeah. A lot that's of time. a long time. Uh, uh, also born on October 2nd. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Sting. <laughs> Whoa! Sting and Zane! WWE Hall of Famer? No, no, no. The songwriter. Oh, no one knows him. Uh, but WWE Hall of Famer Yokozuna. Oh, there we the go. Second? On the second. Oh. Uh, now, uh, uh, Peanuts was published for the first time in 1950. <laughs> and uh, let's see. Ooh, Rock Hudson died on this day. And, oh, not a good one. Um, the Beltway sniper attack began. Thanks. Oh, wow. Is, wow. It, is this something I should have uh, flown I can, fi- I can find out what October 3rd would have brought. Well, that would have been better. Let's you talk th- to the uh, doctor. Oh, October 3rd. OJ acquitted <laughs> on October oh, 3rd. yeah. Uh, let's see. We've got National Thanksgiving Day Proclamation. Okay. Edgar Allan Poe seen in public for the last time. Born on October 3rd. Ashley Simpson. Gwen Stefani. Mm. Al Ooh. Sharpton. Legend Stevie Ray Vaughn. Icon. Let's bring in Ben and Skin. The boys are not in studio. They are on the road. Good morning, fellas. Where are you? Boys, we're at Pluckers in Addison today. Uh, so our assault on lunches everywhere continues today in a magical way. We've had a ton of people come and join us at these Plucker lunches and Pluckers lunches. And, and our, you know, we didn't know when we moved to midday, is it going to be the same thing? Are people going to come hang out with us at Pluckers? And we've been pleasantly surprised. So if you're in the area and you want to take your whole office out to lunch today, Pluckers and Addison would be the way to go. What's coming up on the program? Well, I, I know first and foremost the thing that uh, I want to talk about is traffic. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because, the man, there was some sort of an accident on Parker or Park and the tollway. I don't I don't know. Uh, it, it was so bad, it took me – two hours and 20 minutes to get to addison from salina so it took me it took me yeah two hours and 20 minutes to go 20 miles <laughs> there is no way salina is 20 miles from addison yeah is it no, really? it's, right. 
That's <laughs> actually what it is. Didn't know that's where we'd end up here, but I think it's interesting. <laughs> that's actually exactly what it is. So is, is the morning miles. is the morning traffic now? I guess you guys were getting out at seven, so the morning traffic is just—I mean—it's the worst, right? Yes. It is a painful reality for about, you know, 50 to 55 percent of our Metroplex. Yes. Um, The uh, afternoon drive hours were were fantasy world. You guys kind of deal with that, too. Deal with it at a different time period. Like when you guys get out on the road, there ain't nobody out there. Nobody. And uh, the afternoon drive slot has a similar thing. It's the midday show that is in the world of traffic. Would you trade the traffic for the wake up? In the morning. No, I'd much rather I'd rather go through a gang initiation than do the morning shift. <laughs> if you could uh, get rid of the five thirty to six part, then yes. If oh, we started oh. at six, then I'm all in. What are you, Sean's good. agent? That's genius. Not good with that either. <laughs> I yeah. think the I think the best shift in the world is noon to three. Yes. Oh <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree. Can with you that imagine, one. guys? So seriously, ten to, the, ten, to, the, ten to noon. These <laughs> national people who get to do three hour shows and are making two million a three hour show. A three hour show. Where the producer does all the work for him. Tells him what to do. CBS Sports Man coming up at 9.55. Francesa. Uh, this is longer, isn't it? This is like, it's well, no, hour, not anymore. Two hours are pre-recorded, right? No, it used to be like five and a half, six hours. Now it's, I think, three? Three hour, maybe? Yeah. 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 Three hour. Uh, today is National Techie Day. Now, Ben, do you? we were debating uh, at five o'clock whether... You consider yourself a techie, or is that just like my ah. computer career people, Great or song. is that a techie? Uh, how do you mean? Like, what is a techie to you? If it's uh, somebody who has a lot of gadgets, yeah, Roy they, says it's a gadget guy like, like you. Yeah, gadget. but if it's like a if it's like a Travis Frederick, a guy who could take apart a computer and put it back together, I'm not that. So, okay. but I do. I am about the gadgets. I'm a big fan of gadgets. Last gadget you've gotten or you've looked into, is it your camera, your, your tripods? Yeah, I, I love camera equipment. I'm, uh, it's, I, I'm very into that world, and, but I'm super curious about it. But uh, I need to just go take a course in it so I really know what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the camera equipment, stuff like that, um, radar detect. Uh, I don't, you know, those are the types of things that I buy too much of. KT, can I interest you in a Denver Bronco fire sale at all with Von Miller, uh, Chris Harris, and Manny Sanders? Uh, we don't really have the money for any of that stuff. <laughs> but you know what? So uh, defeated. Emmanuel uh, Sanders makes a lot of sense for a lot of teams, but I'm not sure that he would make sense here. Um, so, no, I don't really think there's anyone they have, at least the high-end guys that have a lot of money or that cost a lot of money. I don't think there's anyone there you could really – uh, mess around with too much. It is exciting to think about all these crappy teams who might just be tanking and getting rid mm-hmm. of stuff, though. Cause, yeah. Uh, I, I would assume the Broncos have swallowed their pride and just gone with it. We're 0-4, and we're going to need a quarterback. I, w- I would hope that's what they're kind of thinking. Um, and Herbert makes so much sense for Denver and John Elway, who's still allowed to make decisions somehow. By the way, I, I uh, love that little conversation you guys are having about tonight's game, and I think uh, Old Chop is 100% right. I would rather play a better team at L.A. than play at Seattle mm. in the playoffs. And yeah. one of the things I was thinking about driving in is look at the panic that the Cowboys just rolled out playing in a loud building in the last mm. game. Yeah. And Seattle is just as loud, if not louder. So if you can – I mean, in L.A., Geez, the most noise they made was booing Kawhi Leonard on the jumbo screen, right? So <laughs> to me, to me, I look at it as: Would you rather play Russ and Clowney 
or Goff and Aaron Donald. And it kind of evens out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's the kind of way I would view it. So it may have to be. I, I, yeah, I, but I in the stadium. Yeah, we're talking about the loudness no, of the stadium. No, I know. So that's why I would want the Rams to win tonight. I know. But initially, like in my head, I was agreeing with Sean. I was like, yeah, I think I want Seattle to go ahead and win and give the Rams another loss. But when Choppy made that point, I was like, no, I think he's right. He's right. So It's real. Yeah. It's a great stadium, too. I want to go back. You LA? both made great points. Put it I, that way. Yeah, I loved it. I lo- It's such a dump. It's a glorious dump. It's so historic. I felt like I was in the, literally, I felt like uh, Ben-Hur was rolling with chariots right around me. Speaking of dumps, dude, uh, go ahead, Skin. <laughs> Glorious Dump is the name of my poop podcast. I, yeah. Man, Just Ben, I, uh, I listened to your astronaut rap yesterday. Oh, you hadn't, you hadn't heard it before? No, I had not. Uh, ben, what are you? How can you be my friend and not go back and list all my terrible raps? Was this with the coffee <laughs> nods? Is that what this, this was? This was the coffee yeah, nods, yeah. and it was a very uh, astronaut-themed song. Oh, really? Yeah, he was. <laughs> a lot of Buzz Aldrin references in there. There was a lot of. I was waiting. I, I listened to it. Yeah. Sound what, so what? I, I'm curious about your interpretation of it. What do you think it was about? Uh, the stars and the galaxy, and maybe you're a big, uh, did you ever, a, a techie, but maybe they have a fancy microscope Bro, as a kid. It's a metaphor uh, for people that work too much, spend too much time in their career, and then don't enjoy their family. And so life passes them by, and then they die, and they're like, why did I, why was I so immersed in my career, and I didn't live my life? And, and it's about an astronaut who gets lost in space, and uh, it can't return home, and, and then he's full of regret as his spaceship floats away from earth so it was a rap about family troy let's hear it yeah. let's hear a little bit of yeah. it yeah let's hear some the astronaut people ask a lot if he ever made it back or not the astronaut lost the drift on a failed solo mission lost communication but the final transmission came across clearly as the engines failed and deep into the galaxy away he sailed with a tear in his eye as he wondered why then the earth got smaller as he waved goodbye no, I like that. right. that's I'm good not, i'm not that's hearing good. family i'm here it sounds oh, yeah. like apollo 14 there <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. I, I can see it <laughs> now that you tell me that i would not have picked up on that and that's why i hate art listening. you know yeah, I, i'm gonna art. save the art thing for skin another day when we <laughs> yeah. have more time I well, skin's an author he's Wait, an out of lyrics author. and music <laughs> I, and art like you know, the interpretation of it all i do need to ask you this because i wasn't sure if you were joking or not were you really on social media trashing the nasher sculpture center yes it's <laughs> amazing. I mean, it's it just a Dallas art, treasure. Seri- a a it, it treasure is. for what? Yeah. The outside's cool. The inside, it is one of, it the is inside. One there's of a the, there's a dead baby underneath an ATM. I'm like, um, this is disturbing. Oh, it was an abandoned baby, uh, not dead. Okay, so listen, <laughs> not so real. Metaphor. No, so listen. What's that a metaphor uh, for? Hang on, Kev. What's that a meta- what, What's that metaphor? It's a, it's a metaphor for your sister-in-law and how much money her and Yusuf are going to have to spend on the baby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's the ash, it's the ATM, and it's running out of cash. <laughs> I was looking at some Radio.com uh, water break analytics, though, and nine hours from water break to crowning. <laughs> Radio.com water break analytics. <laughs> They've got it. they got analytics. Uh, nine yeah. hours. And, and then what wow. else is in that museum? There's a... Um, there's like a two kegs. Or there's a bathroom set up. There's two sinks and a mirror. Oh, what about the jeans? <laughs> oh, the jeans! Tell me how that's great art skin. It looks like our yeah. closets. Well, uh, you guys, okay, so hold on. I would two uh, pair of worn jeans with Hanes inside on the ground. I am not sure what the current exhibit is there because they <laughs> rotate out exhibits, right? Yeah. Now, what you tweeted out was pretty funny, <laughs> but 
the stuff, the collection that is outside, and then the permanent stuff that's there is excellent. And the building is incredible. Yes. And that's uh, – so Raymond Nasher is the guy that built North Park. Yeah. And he actually also has the largest Picasso collection in the world outside of the Picasso family. Whoa. And he has donated all this stuff to the city of Dallas. Yeah. The, I mean, best, the, coolest, really... the coolest thing is I did sit there. She made me sit and watch that. There's a film about the guy in North Park. Mm. That was probably About the, Raymond Nasher? Yeah, that was the best thing. That yeah, he's cool. an incredible guy. He used to have actually in the he used to live over kind of in the I guess that's the outer skirts of Preston Hollow, but in the neighborhood on little parkways and things, he would have sculptures there out in the neighborhood that you could just drive by and see that were world renowned sculptures. He was really, really great man and he gave a lot to the you, city of You talking about Ray Ray Nash? Ray Ray Nash. Yeah. I wouldn't mind getting a big sculpture in my front yard, like a fountain. Of your nose. Something, maybe. It'd be just a couple <laughs> So he could afford to Dripping. be an astronaut. Yeah. He's just looking at the stars. And then he drifts away into the he was sky. a terrible dude. dad who left his kids at home. Hey, do you do you see the difference <laughs> see the difference between this and RJ's rap is rhythm. <laughs> uh look, I'm I uh, I make no bones. I am not a singer song I'm not a singer. Or a rapper, You're a lyricist. but I am a lyricist. Yeah, I put that myself is. up there he with is. Nas in the That's ability right. to create your nose lyrics. <laughs> now performing right. nose tonight live in Roanoke. I like the term "I make no bones" too. That's pretty great. Where are you guys? A guy that endorses Blue Chew. <laughs> <laughs> Plenty of them there. Benjamin, KG. one more time. Location. Yes, we're at Pluckers in Addison. Thank you, Sean. And we need everybody to come join us because if we don't pack the house today, we're fired. Crosstalk yep. with Ben and Skin uh, brought to you by Vuchu. Uh, Vuchu, absolutely. All right, we got picks tomorrow. We got Crosstalk <laughs> with Green Bay at 8 a.m. Ben and Skin coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's the world-famous Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan. I'm Ben Rogers, joined by Jeff Skin, Wade, Kevin KT Turner, Jonathan Shippy Shipman. Ted uh, Nichols Payne out here engineering for us, and Stephen from Promotions out here as well. We are at Pluckers in Addison, and we love these Thursday Pluckers shows because we used to be on an afternoon drive, and it would have been all right. Come home on you know on your way home from work, come stop by and have a cold one with us. Now it's turned into hey, come have lunch with us, and you guys have been coming out supporting us. We're grateful for that, and today should be no different. We'd love for you to pack the house at. Pluckers and Addison. Have you guys thought about what you're going to grub yet? Because I'm kicking a couple of ideas around. There's so many good things to eat here, but then, you know, you settle in on your favorite. So I'm trying to push my boundaries a little bit, but it's so easy for me to get an incredible Larry Bird uh, grilled chicken sandwich tossed in lemon pepper, and it makes me so happy. But I need to push my boundaries, boys. Last time I did something very unorthodox, I got the Pluckers nachos. Okay, so it's Pluckers chicken nachos. But I replaced the tortilla chips that they would normally come with with the Pluckers homemade uh, kettle chips. 
You know, oh, like the, like the little oh. waffle. Yeah, their chips. Yeah. Is that oh. illegal? Uh, it was so legal and it was so good. Ben brings up a great yeah. question. Can you really do that? You might have gone. Yeah. You might have gone full underground road character. Uh, I don't think those are street legal nachos. Uh, but oh. we'd like for you to come so have good. some illegal nachos with us today at Pluckers and Addison. It's going to be awesome. I can't believe I made it. Um, I, I, in all my life, I sincerely have never suffered traffic anguish like that. It was bad. I mean, you just tasted well, it a little bit, right? I, I tasted it a little bit, but what happened was my actually my uh, GPS told me to get off and go down Parkwood because usually I would take 121 to the tollway. And so I called you when it was telling me to do that. And I was like, where are you right now? What's your traffic situation? And you're giving me this update. And so I went down Park, Parkwood, then I turned to right on Parker. I shouldn't have done that. If I had gone to Park, I would have been fine. But it threw me at the tail end of what you were dealing with. And when I saw the tail end, I was like, dude, Ben's not going to make the start of the show. No, it's, uh, it was 24 miles for me to get from the Prosper Salina border to Addison. 24 miles. It took me two hours and 20 minutes. That's not normal. And, there, you know, I'm not going to sit here and um, – complain about traffic because it's a rough way for me to start my day when clearly something catastrophic happened mm-hmm. i don't know if it was a gas truck spill or chemical I, I spill saw a couple or... reports so apparently a big truck hit a smart car Ooh. and because when i drove by it i did not see an ambulance i did not see any traffic like i didn't see any like serious injuries but what i saw was someone out in the middle of the road with a tripod so apparently fuel had spilled out onto oh the tollway and so they were Has being Matt. they were being extra careful about it but i personally did not i didn't see an ambulance i didn't see a stretcher i saw a few cars pulled over to the side of the road like a normal fender bender but i think that they were being extra careful because of the fuel so okay so it's a fuel situation that's okay, what i it, saw it would the, only be a fatality where they it is now a crime scene or something like that uh, that they would shut it down or it could be uh, dangerous liquids or materials, hazmat um, situation. But um, I feel like if it's that, then I can go ahead and bitch about the traffic a little more. Well, just know this. You can bitch about the traffic because you think it's that. Okay, if it that's ends fine. up yeah, being yeah, something okay, yeah, else, yeah, yeah. you can't control what the ball going to do. That's right. Okay, so I do want to say this, and people are saying, well, hey, man, why'd you move to Salina? That's what you get. This is not that. This is not that. This is not um, because I live so far away. Mm-hmm. This is just because they shut down four, four southbound roads. Southbound, yeah, lanes of the tollway, yeah. and they shut it down completely. So I, I was sitting in traffic going zero miles per hour, and I look over, and somebody's motioning for me to went to roll my window down, and it turns out it's big-time Tolo Kevin Mays. who oh, yeah. works, He works at North Central Ford. Great dude. He goes, hey, man. You're going to miss the mix with Sean and RJ. I'm like, <laughs> and that's, I mean, and I was at that point, I was, I was like, um, man, I'm pretty sure this is going to clear up. And, but so that, it took me like another hour to get like the last four miles. Uh, anyways, I did not think I was going to make it, but I did make it. And I'm happy to be here at, at Pluckers and Addison and uh, looking forward to today's show. Uh, last night, I went and joined you guys at uh, the Cowboy Club, which is kind of like paradise. Yeah, it's pretty it's great, awesome. man. I you wish guys, I was rich. You guys had the show last night, uh, the Cowboy Hour. Cowboy wait, Happy Hour, yeah. Cowboy Happy Hour, yeah. How would you say it went? Uh, I thought it went really well. Uh, Jay Novacek was the special guest. Uh, we had Broadus, Mickey, and Skin was the special guest. Getting Skin a couple reps before Mavs start in a couple weeks. Starting to eat my lunch. I thought it was great. I mean, there were some points that were brought up on the show last night that I hadn't thought about, and Novacek brought a 
good perspective on current day offenses and yeah. kind of what how he played back then. And uh, there was a good segment on the refs though. Uh, oh <laughs> and yeah, penalties. It was a lot of fun. It was a great that show. We were four episodes in, and Ben, you were on one of them, the one with uh, Demarcus Ware, I believe. And they were they've just been really good, fun Cowboys talk so, episodes. So much so that we're going to steal a segment from last night. Broad has said something I'd never thought of, and when I mentioned it to UKT, you had never thought uh-huh. of it. And we're going to get into it at noon in regards to Aaron Rodgers, uh, even Dak Prescott, and quarterbacking in general. It was an amazing observation I'd never considered. So you're definitely going to want to hear that at noon. The other thing too is I, you know, those early '90s Cowboys been. We were in our 20s, uh, so we were partying really hard. So there's some things that I remember really well and some things that are kind of foggy memories. And there was some Jay Novacek stuff. I knew that he was a good track and field athlete. What I had forgotten was that he did the decathlon, which is the most insane thing you can do. And uh, he is a modern tight end playing back in the 90s. I mean, you talk about the modern tight ends that were – because he, he hurdled. I mean, the dude is, what, 6'5"? How tall mm-hmm. is Novacek? 6'4", 6'5". Yeah. And he was – 6'8", with the hat. <laughs> yeah, he was – he had a lean build, but it was, like, wiry, muscular. And so he was that hybrid big wide receiver slash tight end back then. And I just remember him streaking down the field and making very athletic catches and plays. Well, yeah, no doubt. He did the decathlon where you do hurdles and pole vault and – throw a javelin, and then run a 1,500. And what a stud athlete he was. What a great, great weapon to have outside of the triplets. Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, it looked like y'all were having a lively discussion. Uh, I was hanging out over at the bar. They carry every single expression of Balcona's at the Cowboy Club. Oh, yeah. so Balcona's whiskey. Salute I was them. swimming in it. Uh, but it was, uh, it was a fun, fun night. And, man, I'm looking up on a TV here at Pluckers and Addison, and we'd love for you to join us. And, Screaming A. Smith's doing his show, and that here's the topic. This is just proof that all they do is live off the Cowboy Buffalo meat. Yep. Should the Cowboys pay Dak Prescott? That's their topic. <laughs> Great that's topic, their first, guys. Uh, that's their top story of the day. That's Great. the top story of the sports world? So, wait, how do we know this isn't a repeat? <laughs> yeah, they did, it's every single day. I mean, I mean you're right, you're right. You guys realize, we'll talk about it later, how huge this game is tonight. This is an incredible game that they are rolling out on Thursday night football, and they're doing the Cowboy topic from a month ago. Yeah. Unbelievable. That's what they got, man. They don't have, I feel like they probably don't have a lot in their bag, though. Yeah. You know, it's like, hey, let's study up on the Cowboy thing. In the words of Grego, unbelievable. I mean, we've heard Stephen A. multiple times mention a game that's happening tonight and mention a player who's out for the year. Yeah. Uh, yeah the old Hunter right. Henry he's, thing comes to mind. He's not good. What did he, didn't he bring up Chan Gailey a couple of weeks ago <laughs> as Ma- the Cowboys offensive coordinator? Max Kellerman's up there, and he's just kind of ripping on how track's not a real sport. And uh, how he wishes he was still in the boxing beat. So yeah, you know, that's, that's terrible. That's, he wishes he was on the boxing yeah. beat. Nobody wishes they were on the boxing <laughs> beat. I can remember when Skin and I were on the boxing beat. Yeah, we kicked ass. We had a radio station send us out to Las Vegas to cover a fight. And it's like, seriously? And it was, it was like a weekend. And they're like, yeah, we'll send you out there to cover the fight. And we get out there, and it's, you know, for for other teams, you know, it's hard to get a good seat in the venue and – you know, you're up in the nosebleeds and, you know, we're trying to make our way in this business. And we get out there to Vegas and they're like, hey, man, you guys want to have lunch with Don King? We're like, what? <laughs> it was we're just two spares that sent up from the. Yeah, he's right. He's right over here. He'd love to meet uh-huh. with you. And you guys want to talk to the let's get ready to rumble guy. He's he's eating some fish sticks over there. And you, I don't think we, you can say that we get. Oh, yeah, that's right. I can't <laughs> say that. 
so we get, we get to we get to our our hotel rooms. Each one of us had a suite, and it was like this big giant leather bound book on the history of boxing. It was a three thousand dollar coffee book that they gave to everybody. <laughs> I mean, it was incredible. And the whole point is, they were so desperate for any attention or coverage of any kind that they would roll out the red carpet for you. Why didn't you bring your family out to Vegas with you? Dude, Ben and I got on the undercard. <laughs> it was so open access. It was unbelievable. You guys want to judge this fight? And I'm telling you, it was... Can it we was, fight? It was dying then. It's, it's, it's uh, I don't know. It, it, it has survived, but I don't think anybody's really excited to be on the boxing beat. Or... Unless it's the Errol Spence fight. Right. Oh, Errol right. put it My together. I talked to Mickey last uh, night, and Mickey said he was watching the fight in, uh, uh, in New Orleans the other night, and he had to go to a place that was charging $5 a person to watch it because it was on pay-per-view. Uh, by the way, if you don't want to pay pay-per-view, just watch it on Periscope. People are streaming the fights. That's where I watched it. But Mickey talked about getting so into it that he was on the rail. He was on the third floor of a bar. And he was on the rail, and he had his hands on the rail. And he was dug in because he was pulling for Errol Spence. Oh, And things nice. got real intense at the end of that fight. Oh, he, it was interesting. He looks down at the rail, and there's handprints in it. He squeezed the metal <laughs> rail so hard. Uh, got to see Mickey last night. He was on with you guys. And, uh, you know, he's like uh, anytime you talk to Mickey and he's not on the air or working, he's such a pleasant guy. Yeah. He gets all fired up once he starts having these discussions. But yeah, I think he's, uh, you know, with his Italian heritage, by the time we see him at night, he's had his first glass of wine. And uh, so he's, the, he's taking You the talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So did you guys uh, want to like I want to start with this, if you don't mind. The, the health of the Cowboys is the number one thing I'm concerned about. I I'm, can roll with that. That's that's the thing I worry about the most. Obviously, when Cam Fleming and Connor Williams are your tackles at practice, that's concerning. Mm -hmm. But I'm really concerned with the wide receiver position. And, uh, you know, I was listening today to uh, Mike Fisher on with Sean and RJ, and he was talking about Amari Cooper. And do we have that audio, by the way? Yes, we do. Because I'd love to hear this. They were referencing this audio where Amari Cooper is talking about playing hurt. Shippy, could you play that audio for us? I really had a, a problem with playing injured. Not that it was um, anything to do with mental toughness, but I struggled with it for a, a long time, actually, because here's the thing. I feel like if I'm 100%, I'm going to win 100% of the time. Yeah. Like, that's just my mindset. So when I would get an injury, like in my high school years and even my freshman year in college, I felt like, dang, okay, here I'm injured, I'm not 100%. So in my mind, I couldn't win 100% of the time. And that's where it messed with me mentally. It wasn't, it wasn't fighting through the injury. That was, that was the easy part. It yeah. was me, it was me going out there on the field and talking to myself saying, you're not 100%, so you're not gonna be able to win 100% of the time as if you were 100%. And that, I just struggled with that for so long because it messes with your confidence, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So. Um, my freshman year, actually, in college, to be honest, you know, I struggled with that so much that I kind of got benched for that. Well, actually, it was my sophomore year, so it was after my freshman year, and Saban was like, he gave me, like, two chances to, to play through the injury, and I was, you know, I would take myself out of the game and stuff like that because mentally I just wasn't there. I didn't think I could beat the guy if playing hurt. At 95 or at 75 Yeah, I didn't whatever. think I could beat the guy, and it, it, it affected my game. So he, he kind of said, hey, we're going to um, – you're still going to play, but you're not going to just play the whole game. You're going to – you and this other guy are going to take turns at it. So and that's, how I, that's how I learned how to play through injuries because when I got to 100% that year, we were still we were still switching in and out of the game. So even when I got to 100%, I don't know if it was Coach Saban trying to teach me a lesson or what, but we were still, like, 
co-starters and I was like, wait, I'm 100% now. I should be, I should have my job back. And I was, and I told myself, you know, during that year that I would never let that happen to me again, you know, because Coach Amon was right in doing that. Like the team couldn't trust me to be out there every play and give it my all because I was dealing with something mentally. So he had to make that move, you know what I'm saying? When I did get hurt my sophomore year, um, and I was dealing with the injury, Coach Saban said something to me that I think that was all I needed, which is the confidence that he instilled in me. He told me, like, hey, um, I don't know if he meant it or not, but he was just like, hey, cool, you know, 75% of you can still go out there and get the job done, can still go out there and be better than 100% of the next person. You know, there's a lot of really great stories about players and their relationships with Saban that goes against the grain of how we see Saban on the outside. I mean, I think about uh, McLean when he was here and the incredibly tight relationship that he forged with Saban. McLean's a guy that would drive a coach crazy, right? You know, you think about how he goes about his business, but Saban has a way of connecting with players and getting them to do what is not only best for the team, but a lot of times best for them as well. Yeah, and I, I started uh, listening or, or hearing Fish talk about it. I hadn't heard it yet, but the idea of Amari playing hurt, I, I was like, man, I hope he doesn't. Like, that could be a negative. If he's just trying to play hurt to prove that he can play hurt and he, you know, he, he's not full power, you know, he might need to consider load management. You know, you might want to get him back healthy and and uh, at 100%. And then I thought, okay, well, Michael Gallup, is he coming back too soon? And then it just hit me. It's like Britt Brown and, and the Cowboys training staff is so respected throughout the world of sports. I mean, they are exceptional at what they do. And they're not going to put anybody out there who's banged up. Right. So Gallup's not going to be early. He will, he will have to prove to Britt Brown that he's 100%, get clearance from the doctors, and then go work out and prove it with the Cowboys training staff that he's good to go or he won't be out there. They wouldn't jeopardize it. And Cooper, I guess it's if he's able to still appear that he can do everything and he's just masking it and hiding the pain and internalizing it, he can still be out there. But I'm, I, I, I guess with regard to Cooper or Gallup, Whose injury are you more worried about? At this point, I'm more worried about Cooper because it's nagging, and we know what meniscus is like. Jay Novacek said last night that he had meniscus surgery and was back two weeks back in 1995. He called it a duck hunt injury yeah. because you go on a duck hunt and then you're back. <laughs> oh we'll, we'll get back into this a little bit later in the show, but coming up next, how about this for an incredibly juicy Ranger trade rumor? Would you be on board with this? We'll do it next right here on The Fan. All right, thank you, Shippy. It's the Ben and Skin Show, 105.3 The Fan, and we are partying at the Pluckers in Addison. Love this spot. We're going to open up the doors at 11 o'clock, and you're going to rush in and shove delicious Pluckers in your mouth, and we're all going to be so happy together. Uh, come on out and join us. We'd really look forward to seeing you. Lots of good stuff to get into. David Hellman to talk a little Cowboys at 11. That'll be right at the Jason Garrett press conference. But let's talk Rangers baseball trade rumors and really delicious ones at that. We're about to play you an audio clip of John Morosi from 670 The Score in Chicago. Listen to this little nugget that he drops. Uh, so there, I think there's a lot of teams that need catching. And I think that uh, I would mention, again, Texas is, is one moving into a new ballpark. I think his trade value is, is quite good. And, and I think with the Cubs' internal depth there, uh, Caratini can probably play more than what he did this year. Uh, I, I think there is some, some value there for Contreras. And, and there is enough teams, and again, I'll mention Texas most especially. They're going to be a team that if Bryant ends up getting moved, 
they're going to be a team that, that the Cubs talk to, and they're also going to be involved in, in trying to just build up their roster ahead of the new ballpark opening up next year. So I would say Texas's farm system is solid, not great, but it's it's pretty good, good enough. They've got some young pitching there, which is what the Cubs need. They need some, I think, some optionable pitching to help support and and protect what is still a very veteran staff. Uh, I, I think that's a really really good potential fit there, Texas. I think probably better on Contreras even than Bryant, but I think either one makes some sense. I would, I would, uh, if you're a Cubs fan, study up on those Rangers prospect lists in, in the days to come because I think that's going to be a major story of the winter. Okay, so interesting. He's talking about Contreras, but the one that everyone's excited about is that he also mentions Bryant because Bryant can play outfield, he can play third base, he's a right-handed bat, he's going to be 28 at the start of next season, and obviously has a history with Joey Gallo. Those guys go way back. That's a really fun, juicy rumor to, to think about, as you know that the Rangers are very interested in trying to acquire a bat like that. Yeah, uh, this one jumped out of nowhere. I, I was not even thinking about Chris Bryant, and I'm like, why would they ever let him go? Uh, you know, he's kind of been the face of that franchise. Uh, but uh, Nolan Arenado signed that eight-year, $260 million deal, and if they're sitting there looking at this going, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think we're going to want to pay that. What does he have? Two years of so control. Two he, years of control left, and he already he. Uh, I think a year ago he turned down two hundred million dollars. That was a year ago. So he's a, a Boris guy, um, and I didn't think about Chris Bryant at all until last night when I saw a tweet from Evan Grant that had mentioned uh, if Chris Bryant becomes available, the Rangers will probably be or should be picking up the phone right now. Mm-hmm. Is basically what Evan was saying. But one thing I've, I've done a little reading on Chris Bryant, I've found out that he is a guy who pays attention to union matters because the Cubs manipulated him in year one. Right. Uh, they brought him up after nine games, if y'all remember that story. Right. So nine games, they brought him up to extend his service time. That's why there's so, two more years of control. So he's a guy who follows the game's economics very closely. And I guess it comes down to how many teams out there, and I don't know if the Rangers are one of these teams, are willing to go – here is two years of Chris Bryant. You got to give up the resources to get him, and then go have the arbitration fights, and then eventual free agency negotiations with Boris. Or pay him like, now. Who, who's, you're, you're, who's in for all that? Pay him now. You don't go get yeah. him unless you're going to keep him. But yeah. you know, for the Rangers, what they have to think about is, all right, they've spent some time here restocking the cupboard, uh, you know, in their their farm system. Do they want to go cash all that in right now on Chris Bryant and pay him? Or do you just try to go get Rendon, you know? And so that's going to hurt the Cubs too, because the Cubs are going to, you know, as they're out there looking to trade Chris Bryant, Anthony Rendon is available and you don't have to give up anything but money to get him. You're going to have to give up a lot of money, but you're going to give up the same amount of money and then prospects and, you know, listening to Morosi. So if the Rangers have to give up big frontline, young starting pitching to go get him, I mean, you're talking Hans Kraus, Cole Wynn, uh, Brock Burke, I mean, guys who you're like, wait a second, we just watched the Rangers rebuild all this young talent in their minor league system, all this young starting pitching. Do you really go cash that in on a guy? That's it's intriguing, man. I, I like the idea of pairing him up with Gallo, getting their old uh, youth baseball team back together. That's pretty exciting. And the other thing, too, is like, you know, we make an assumption that him and Gallo like each other because they, you know, and I remember when Chris Bryant exploded onto the scene, Gallo said some nice things. And, hey, I called and congratulated mm-hmm. him. And there was all that talk about, well, Harper and Bryant are doing this and Gallo's kind of struggling over here. So you kind of assume they all like each other. I mean, obviously, the Rangers wouldn't go get a guy if, if their other star player didn't feel strongly about him. But, 
you know, they've got a guy in their front office now with big, strong Chicago Cubs ties that knows all the ins and outs of Chris Bryant. Uh, I forgot the name of that dude that came from Shiraz. Yeah, Shiraz came from the Cubs. And so, obviously, he's got really intimate knowledge of that player and what makes him tick and all those sorts of things. So, if they are going to give up the type of stuff that Ben is talking about there, then they would feel really confident that he is a quote-unquote missing style piece. And you have to, you have to, you know, it's all about um, buy low, sell high. And so, you have to really have a good handle on do you think Hans Kraus is the real deal Cole Wynn I mean Brock Burke do you do you really do you think these guys are legit or if maybe you've seen something you think you know what I just I'm just I don't think I I can for sure say that then go ahead and trade them you know if if the Cubs are interested in some of your guys and they maybe overvalue them you've had a chance to get to know them a little bit I Man, it's it's intriguing. It's it's super intriguing. I mean, he is really really good, and and they have a massive hole at third base, so they need yeah. to fill that. Um, it's hard to believe that he is going to be 28 in January, and he still has two years of control. That is, so <laughs> he did get screwed on that deal yeah. when he got called up. But this is a right-handed bat. This is a guy who this year hit 280, 31 bombs. I mean, every year he's going to hit at least 30 bombs or somewhere around that. He's had 26, 39, 29, 13 OPS. when he got injured, yeah, uh, and then 31. I, I just, man, I, I, I. I would love this, but what are we talking about here? What are we what are we talking about giving up? If Morosi's right that the market's not going to be there because of Rendon, because other teams may look at Josh Donaldson and say, "Wait a second, I can have 37-year-old Josh Donaldson for a fraction of this." You know, I, the Rangers also got to consider they've got they just drafted two young third basemen. It yeah. doesn't mean that they're going to stay at third base, but Josh Young is the top prospect in their organization according to most people out there, Davis Wenzel. I mean, I don't know if those guys will ultimately be third baseman, but do they just go get a placeholder, go get Josh Donaldson, let him play, and wait for Josh Young to be up? Is that a smarter move? It really just depends on if whether or not they could fleece the Cubs. And then yeah. you've got to ask yourself, why would the Cubs just trade him to trade him? You've got two more years of control. Why would you just take a less-than-market package for him? So apparently Theo had an 80-minute uh post-mortem after their season because they, they had the Joe Madden stuff happening. Mm-hmm. And a part of kind of what came up is it's basically, are we about to pay $500 million to the left side of our infield? Because Javi Baez is up as well. Mm-hmm. And I think Baez, considering that he plays shortstop, you know, you, you flip a coin, who's the better player, but who's gives you more value and, and things like that. And I mean, Baez is really good. Yeah. So that's something that they're kind of thinking. And we're seeing the Red Sox do this as well. We've talked about Mookie Betts and J.D. Martinez might have to go because they don't want to go too far. Uh, they just don't want to pay that much money, you know? You know you, so you're, you're starting to see some teams trim a little bit of fat. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've seen the Padres go and pay whatever it takes. So it's very interesting that this balance, the thing that I, I, I go back to is something that Ben said. You could just pay the pay the guy, Rendon, and not give up the prospects. I would try to do that first. Like, to me, I would look at door one before I start talking about this trade. That's something I can wait until free agency. I don't have well, to make this trade now. Let me spin it another way for you guys. What, you know, because you do have two years of arbitration for him, you could roll out on those arbitration years to manage your money, and your offseason focus could be let's go, let's trade for Chris Bryant, and then let's turn around and sign Cole. Yeah. And then there's, like, the first two years – you know you're getting. You know you're going to have to pay Bryant in two years. You know you're going to have to do that. But a lot of 
you know, there's a lot of philosophy on these things where the, the money managers for teams look at it as, all right, well, for these two years, I know I'm going to be spending all this money in three years. For these two years, I can kind of manage sure. the hit of coal because I'm keeping him at arbitration money. Right, and I don't think it's necessarily about next year for the Rangers. And so uh, Chris Bryant would be a long-term get here to be a superstar face of the franchise. Garrett Cole in, in the same way. You could still go out and, you know, make some trades to restock the cupboard a little bit while also, you know, taking a major step forward and being competitive this year. Right. But with the way that the A's are and the way that the Astros are, I just don't think this year is the year. It would be a great year to get some excitement going and build a foundation. You know, one thing that, you know, I know Morosi's talking about the Rangers trading, starting pitching. Another thing they could trade is Josh Young. I mean, if if the Cubs are really looking at this, going, yeah, we're you know we just we want to, we need to save some money on the left side of the infield. Well, the Rangers' number one prospect. I'm not saying it would be a straight up deal. It right, I hear it you. Would be other things, but you know, Josh Young. Hey, we'll give you a young third baseman. He's not even quite ready yet, but could be your third baseman of the future as you yeah. guys retool. And that way, you'd have an affordable third baseman on that side of the infield with Javi. It might be like something like Young, Kraus, Win. DeMarcus Evans, another starter, one of those Palumbo, Brock Burke type guys, Leone Tavares. I, I that, think, yeah. that's like, and we're talking six, five or six guys. For Bryant? Probably. Yeah, but with two years control. Yeah. I mean, he is an MVP candidate, right? He's a perennial MVP candidate. The Cubs need young pitching, though, because you look at their uh, rotation, it's, it's Darvish, Hamels, Quintana. Uh, John Lester. I think if I have like, to give up that much of what you're talking about, then I would be more inclined to – I mean, again, dude, they would know how strongly they feel about Young, for example, but I would be more inclined to do the Donaldson placeholder than give up that much. You know, that's a lot to give what, up. What's what's Darvish's uh, contractual situation now? He, you know, I know that there's still interest uh, between Darvish and the Rangers, and maybe they'll be reunited at some point. And I know he struggled mightily, but – Maybe there's a way to get him in the mix, too, in Without this deal. Without like, having to take on his salary. Yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, we're going to let you guys get out of this Darvish money. Right. Or maybe there's some way to incorporate you Darvish into these talks to where – because, you, look, I'm you, not, I know a lot of people aren't big you Darvish guys. I am. I'm not saying he's going to be a Cy Young guy or anything. I'm just, but I'm a fan, and I think he'd do better here than he's done there, and I think he likes it here a lot. He's comfortable here, and I think they really like him. So He still lives here, doesn't he? I believe so. I think he does. Yes. Yeah, I know. He does. Yeah. So uh, the other thing, too, and I'm, I guess I'm not intimately knowledgeable about their whole situation, but do they have any use for Mazzara as well as you start trying to put packages oh. together? I don't think so because I was thinking about left-handed bats and I was thinking about giving away Chew and paying for it and all that stuff because uh, they have Castellanos, they have Jason Hayward, they have Kyle Schwarber. Okay, yeah. I got what so if they maybe what, they could use an outfielder, but they don't need a lefty. What if they what if they ask for Solak and or what if they're interested in Calhoun? So here's what my like here's that. what my question yeah. is. So I'm I'm I've I mean, dude, our out our, our outfield is screwed up because we don't, we, we don't have spots, but we don't have great outfielders either. We're we're putting guys out there, and so the thing that I'm wondering about what, what is Solak. I mean, we're, we, they're, they're trying to operate as if Ruggie's going to work out, although it is a competition. If Solak's not a second baseman, are they really going to go stick him in, in center field? I want him to no. be a third baseman, but apparently no one feels like that can happen. He, but he might be a shortstop, no. but you still... He's not, he's not even a good defensive second baseman. So <laughs> yeah. if he's going to be in the infield, it's going to be at second base. 
And then he, if he's going to be in the outfield, he's going to be a corner outfielder, and he's going to be a liability defensively wherever he is. Not a huge one, but you want his right-handed bat in the lineup, right? Yeah. Yes, you have to. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't um, – This it's confusing hearing all this stuff about Rugi, right? Yeah. Hearing the love. I mean, and it certainly – but John and Chris sound completely different on this. Yeah. I mean, it's not like they're not talking. They, they obviously know. But John talks differently about Rugi than Woody does. Right. I thought John was doing the tough love bit, though. That's what I thought. They've had to try everything. See, this is Woody's first year of this frustration. And I know he knows the history, but it's different when you've lived through it for four straight Would years. Would you rather have Elvis's year or Rugi's? Boy, you know what? <laughs> That's not a bad question. I mean, I do. I, Elvis took the year off for some reason. I'm not sure. <laughs> I do. Uh, it was weird, man. One of the things we talked about yesterday that is intriguing is is just Joey Gallo. Just go back to being a first baseman. We realize you're our best outfielder, yes. but you're a gold glove caliber uh, first baseman. Right. And imagine Chris Bryant at third yes. and Joey Gallo at first. I'm horny. Oh, my God. I'm He's, horny. I can live with Elvis and Ruggi farting around with those two guys on the other corners. And I liked what Woody said about giving Guzman a chance, but it's like we need to start expecting things a little bit. Yeah. And this is where Mazzara bums me out. You know, I, I would, like, Yeah, I would say, though, uh, this and this might be confusing. Uh, some people might not get this. Um, if you did get Chris Bryant and you had to trade a ton of prospects to get him, which you would, mm-hmm. right, um, and you do go get Garrett Cole, it would be – tempting to just say all right we're going for it this oh, year hell yeah let's go <laughs> but i also think with as good as the a's are and as good as the astros are you're still you've still got more holes you got a, a hole in center field you got a hole at catcher you got a bunch of left-handed bats who aren't really that good defensively i don't know what's going on with elvis i feel like the timing's not right i would still go ahead and pursue a trade of mike minor because whatever you give up to the cubs you could restock Maybe that cover to some degree and then retool and go for it i mean what? this would still be a huge stepping stone year right and a lot of excitement in a new stadium with chris bryant and garrett cole but i still think they'd be too far away what have i told you that you're batting that your two three four five went bryant calhoun no it'd go calhoun bryant gallo and solak and you can get elvis in the back part of your line and you're finally. going yep and you're going right left right left man and those all those guys could stroke that'd be incredible that'd be incredible that'd be incredible and the other thing is if, if you know the rangers have made a lot of changes chris woodward's brought in a lot of changes the daily hitting meetings and you know all the analytics that they're using now and you're right shiraz that that familiarity with chris bryant they may look at it and say, hell yes, go get this guy. I don't yeah. care that we got it. He's perfect for what we're doing. Uh, so it's going to be a fun offseason. The Rangers have opportunity, and they have money, and they should be in the forefront of any of these big deals. I can't believe how good we just made the Rangers. All right, coming up next, the Jason Garrett Presser right here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 